yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm asking, do you need it? <laughs> no, I don't need any of that. I don't need any of that. You kidding me? I love it raw. <laughs> Give it to me raw, you know. It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDUP Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Cloud Pipes episode 61. We are recapping all the events from the AIM Expo. And we're going to be doing that with a special guest that we'll talk about here in a moment. And before we get too far, let's bring in my co-host with the most, Mr. Hogan. How are you, man? What's up, family? What's happening? I miss you not being here in person, you know. Man, do I miss you guys as well. I'm just chilling in Atlanta still, soaking up the sun, enjoying the vibrations. I'm reaching out, but I uh, can't, can't quite reach I you can't tonight. Quite. We can't touch each other. Not What's quite. happening? Not quite. I ain't feeling this. Oh, <laughs> uh, once again, John, save us. What's going oh, on, man. buddy? Oh, what's going on? Not much. You know, Rich and I are trying to do something uh, new. We're trying to do some f- live uh, f- Skype video this week. So, yeah, that worked out last episode. John, we put John on video so he can kind of wave his hands and jump up and down if he wants to talk instead of. <laughs> Trying yeah, to find yeah, a place to butt yeah. in. So we'll see how this works. <laughs> well, without further ado, let's bring in our special guest. You have heard from her before, so that's your first tip. And you may know her as the fashionista with an iron butt, but we just call her Deb. How are you? Well, hey guys, how you doing tonight? <laughs> Debbie! Hi, hi! <laughs> oh, you're, you're not that close. You can't go all the way to Debbie. That's just wrong. Oh, <laughs> Rico. I can. I'm Rico. Hello. Oh, I'm Hello, sorry. Rico. <laughs> Hello, my darling. Hello. Well, we didn't cover the beers because, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit chivalrous. So let's have ladies first on the beverage. Okay. Awesome. I've got this uh, lovely Sweetwater, an India-style brown ale, hot passion fused. It's called Hash Brown. And there's a little slogan, Nacho Mama's Hash Browns. Oh. Good stuff. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got hops in it. I'm digging it. Me too, girl. <laughs> well, well, Rico, you might as well go second. Well, you know what? I, I am breaking the tradition with the beers. I'm having a 150 anniversary uh, Jim Bean tonight with a little bit of Coke. All right. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's really nice. It's going down really good. So I might have to get, uh, get another glass here pretty soon. So uh, please beware. The audience has been warned. Yes. <laughs> John, what do you got? Um, well, I'm I'm drinking a good old-fashioned southern drink. The good old-fashioned? Water? Like Arnold Palmer? Oh, sweet. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I am in full swing of the autumn season, and I've got Noda Brewing's Gorgeous, which is a pumpkin ale. And it's a really cool can because it has a has a woman riding it, holding a giant pumpkin, or riding it looks what well, looks like an old motorcycle, holding a giant mm-hmm. pumpkin. It's kind of funny. There you go, spot on, spot on. Yeah. I like it. 
gorgeous in more way than one. Does she have an iron butt, by the way? <laughs> Judging from this bike, I don't think so. <laughs> that was a good one, Rico. <laughs> mm. Well, fellas and Deb, enjoy that beverage. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So, so the reason we brought uh, Deb back is a couple, well, a couple different reasons. So one, we were able to meet her in Barber, which I know we promised we wouldn't talk about Barber again, and we won't right away, but maybe in the U-turn, we'll talk a little bit about Barber again, <laughs> since we were there in the flesh. Yes. It, it, it'd be good to get Deb's perspective on that as well. Yeah. Ah. See? Yeah. And the second reason, which is maybe more important is that Deb was boots on the ground at the AIM Expo this year. So we thought we'd get a firsthand account of what it's like since we haven't been able to make it down there. We sort of favor Barber over making it to AIM, but so we'll get a firsthand account of the event and talk a little bit about some of the news. Now, Deb, were these uh, knee high boots you were wearing? <laughs> they were not knee highs. I, I wore a lot of ankle boots this this time around. So yeah, <laughs> ankle boots on the ground. <laughs> kept, kept it to the ankle. Kept, but they were boots, indeed. So yes. awesome, <laughs> good stuff. So yeah, let's let's start with the overall show itself. So kind of set the stage for us. You know what's 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 there in terms of things to see, things to do. What's the general vibe you've got there? I'm I'm sure it's different than. Our, our fun time hanging out at Barber, but just kind of set the stage for us a little bit. Okay. Well, um, indeed, I got there uh, Wednesday night because I knew that Thursday morning it was going to be a, a, a very big um, a very big deal. I'd never been to AIM Expo before. So um, it's at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, which is a huge uh, venue. And um, they took the entire north concourse of that uh, convention center. Um, got in there and, you know, honestly, I was so excited. I got in and of course it's everything motorcycle, all the brands, mm. all mm. the gear and just getting in just even to registration. I was, it was like, honestly, like I was going to Disney, Disney world. I mean, it was Disney world for the motorcycle enthusiast all the way. They're in the right town for setting that up, I guess. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, it was wonderful. So I got in there, got registered and, um, got down into the, the meat of the, uh, convention hall. And I'm going to tell you what, it was immediately system overload. I mean, anything you could imagine, anything you could think of gadgets and, and apparel and of course, motorcycles, everybody and everything was there. Everything. It was wonderful. So Mm. setting the stage. Yeah. So that's kind of my first, you know, my very first walk in. That's exactly what I experienced. It was just amazing. Yeah, I saw a few pictures. So you, you kind of get hit with new bikes, vendor displays, customs, and vendors, like all in one shot, it looks like. Indeed. When you first this walk is, in. Indeed. And this is the, the product line. You know, all of the vendors that are there, um, I, I can't say every single one of them, but most of them, the majority, are there to launch their new products for 2017. So I feel very fortunate to be there, um, to have been there. I, you know, going through and I spent two days, the first two days in the media hub um, on and off and was able to uh, get all the new product launches. They came through, uh, it was like a fine tooth comb, the way they would set up their displays and come through. And a lot of them used um, um, like, you know, videos and things to, 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 yeah, to launch. And then they'd have the products up there on the stage. Um, And I sat right in the front row so I could get a good view of everything. 
got some great pictures. Oh, um, nice. Oh, I mean, it's just amazing. So first day, they did most of the um, actual motorcycle launches. And I know we're going to talk about this, but I came in during the Benelli um, launch, which I was not familiar with that motorcycle. It's an Italian Chinese, if you can kind of fathom that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> motorcycle. Sounds, sounds cute. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a blend. It's a little bit of a blend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the the actual uh, motorcycle they had up there when I came into the media hub was a three hundred two R, and it's going to retail for forty four hundred dollars. So it's kind of a, a obviously an entry level yeah. bike. So that's kind um, of like um, John. Who did we run into at Barbara? Was a uh, high song? If I'm saying yeah, that right, that's correct. High song. So yeah, some in, inexpensive bikes. Oh, it looks nice though. Yeah, it looks like a yeah. Moto Guzzi. Yeah, and it was it was a fabulous looking little bike, and again, an entry level. Um, just just like the BMW came out with this year, I'm sure you're familiar, or you've maybe heard about that. We'll talk about that later. But the BMW just came in with an entry level bike that's also um, right around that same displacement. So um, yeah, it's a good looking little bike, and it's it's very sporty, very hot, um, and a great, like I said, entry level bike. Very nice. So you had you said you had front row seats so how how does one score passes like that well it's just the media hub and that just happens to be where my you know my 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 partner that was teaching me the you know showing me the ropes you know for my first aim expo where he was sitting so i kind of lucked out on that one (laughs) okay so you had some other business at aim what what was the kind of the premise that took you down there well um the bmw um motorcycle owners of america um, and I and I, I write for the Owners News, um, which is their publication. They invited me to come down there to be the female representative of the club, and also to I'm doing product reviews in the magazine as well as my regular column, Long Distance Style. And so they had invited me down there to be the f- female representative to to look at new gear that's coming out for the women riders um, and that kind of thing. So. It was quite an honor to be there with with the guys, and uh, I really enjoyed it. We had a really really great camaraderie as we did at Barber, and uh, indeed, yes. And so uh, I had a really good time with them, and and got to see a lot of products. And I, I can't wait to share um, through my reviews and writing uh, some really great uh, new things that are on the market for women riders. Awesome, awesome. All right. So, any Rico or John, anything more on the the scene, if you will, before we get into some of the hardware? Well, so, so this, I'm thinking about the stage. I'm trying to envision, you know, the seating, uh, the stage. So there is a stage kind of like, uh, the auction type of feel Is that, uh, what I'm getting at here. So you're sitting in the, in the, in the audience, in the middle, and they're bringing the box across the stage and have all these projecting, projection screens showing their little videos and they're showing the bike and, you know, someone is actually talking about the bike as it's spin around on a pedestal or something. Is, is that the kind of thing that was happening there? Yeah, that was basically it. Um, it was within the convention center, within where all the vendors are. They had a, a center section set up called the Media Hub. And, you, of course, you had to have the credentials in, in order to get in there. Um, and they treated us very, very well. We were fed every day, beautiful meals. And we had, I mean, it was just wonderful. Um, but yes, it was, a, it was like a, a, an area where the media had, we all had these uh, tables where we had, you know, of course, all of our hookups for everything, all of our electronics, everything. And they did, they had a big stage up front with the, you know, with, it was just beautiful the way that it was set up with the AIM Expo, um, you know, the, the logo on the back screen and 
and and, and they were very well um, timed the way they would, I think they, they each had maybe 10 minutes, maybe, I don't think it was any more than 10 minutes to get all of their things up there and to, to do their, um, you know, their features and then they would have to come down and the next person would come up and it was just very well orchestrated, a uh, great organization. Um, so yes, we're sitting there and, and they would just bring the motorcycles up through. And then the next day was more of the product launches on Friday. It was more product launches. So we saw helmets and, mm. um, you know, gadgets, you know, galore for motorcycles, all kinds of things that some things that I, I just didn't even, uh, imagine were out there. <laughs> it oh. was great. You're like they make that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's making our lives a lot easier on two wheels. I'll tell you. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> nice. So yeah, let's, let's get into some of the hardware. So, you know, our armchair view, of the AIM Expo seems to be uh, pretty sport bike heavy this year. And I don't know if he's sitting down over there, but Mr. Hogan has a new R6 to look at from Yamaha. Yes. Which I understand stole the show. Right, right. So aluminum, some new aluminum pieces, uh, some new tech. Um, so yeah, tell me about that bike. Cause I'm curious and I want to, you know, get your point as far as, is it sexy enough for a woman or not? <laughs> it was, it was, it was, they were very sexy. They were all very sexy. Those bikes. Um, yes, it was a Yamaha YZF R6 super sport. They come out they've got, they're saying it's mean and aggressive styling. Um, the way that the bike looks from the front and from the side, it's, it, it isn't it. It was very mean and aggressive looking. Um, they will be retailing for twelve thousand one ninety nine, and will be available March two thousand seventeen. Beautiful. Wow, that—that's a big jump. I mean, because normally you could have bought uh, an R six for back in the day for t- ten grand, nine, ten grand. Now they're up to twelve. So right. I guess yeah. with all the yeah. the tech they're packing into these that bad boys nowadays, you know, you got to pay, yeah, you know, pay that uh, piper. Yeah, with the exactly with the cost of inflation, I don't know that it was that bad. There was, um, I spent a lot of time on motorcycle dot com today. They had a lot of videos and reviews of the bikes, or not really reviews, kind of introduction. You know, they not think they've ridden any of these yet, but there was some good discussion in the comment section, and that's one of the first things they said. It was wow, a nice jump in price, but you know, when you look at the cost of inflation, you take the cost of an R six when they came out. Versus today with inflation, it was less than a thousand dollars difference. So it wasn't yeah. all that bad. It just feels wrong because you look at like twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> I know thirteen, I know. but yeah, yeah, but it, it's still a nice looking bike. They didn't radically change it too much as, as far as what I, I I've seen so far. The only thing I, that's gonna that's gonna have to grow on me is how the exhaust come out on yeah. the side there. It's a little, it's different. It, it's a little, it looks longer. And just not a place to me. They didn't do a good job, I think, on that exhaust. Uh, well, they kind of went back more to, more to like what it is on the generation of your R6. Like, I think the previous generation, and see, John's giving me a signal. Look at that. So mm-hmm. I think the previous generation, didn't they have a real short pipe that came out like right below the swing arm, like the FJ? Yeah, yep, that smaller one. That that was nice because it was it felt a little tucked away, kind of small, and it, it was the whole new trend that was going on with the yeah. sport bikes. And I think you know now they're they're coming out with larger cans. Uh, before on my year, uh, it it kind of set up next to the rear foot peg for the passengers, so it went all the way up the side and mounted 
So it was this huge can on the side of your bike and, you know, you, you needed to find yeah. something that to kind of shrink that down and, and lose some of that weight on that uh, right side. But, you know, this one, I don't know, I, 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 it's going to have to grow on me. I got to hear it. got to feel it and uh, see what we can do to improve it. My picture, my opinion. Yeah, and the kick I was going to throw in as well is note that on the new R6, you have to traction control and ABS now. And the video I was watching last night, there's six modes of traction control. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's just as just as bananas as the R1 with electronics. Yeah, it just doesn't have the launch control. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a 600 though. It's not a, not a thousand. Do you need it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm asking, do you need it? No, I don't need any of that. I don't need any of that. You kidding me? I love it raw. <laughs> Give it to me raw, you know, <laughs> because it's it's more. The, I think you get more of the experience with a bike. You really have to know how to ride a bike when you have none of those external controls, you know, governing how you ride it. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I have yet to ride a bike with all those gadgets on it on the track. So I'm curious to to uh feel it experience and uh, report on it all right so from the first hand experience uh deb the yamaha wasn't the first one they announced at aim was it in terms of the the trio of sport bikes um i believe honda came out i did i did i have to admit i missed honda i don't believe they came out that morning um because like i said i had some other duties i had to do by the time i got to the media hub um but i did like i said i did see the launch for yamaha and suzuki and i don't I did. I, I'm not sure if Honda released earlier or not, but I. But definitely, we were next to their booth. We were very close at the BMW booth, and um, they had a. Oh my goodness! Like like the, the, so many bikes and so many things going on over there. It was just wonderful. Did snap a few pictures, um, but didn't get a chance to like fully stop by and check a lot of stuff out. So she said, "Duties, the duties." duties. <laughs> <laughs> I love your sense of humor. <laughs> Well, I didn't know if you were giggling about that or releasing early. I was like, which one is he giggling about? <laughs> Never can tell. <laughs> anyway. I had to. I had also, to. also with the Yamaha line, um, they had three bikes. They had a an F, the FZ09 Sport, um, which will retail for $89.99. Um, and that bike, I'm going to pull the picture up right now that I have. Um, and I will describe that one as well. Are you familiar with that bike? Have you heard about that one? It's more of like a... The FZ? Yeah, the FZ 09. Oh, yeah. I've sort of fallen in love with the FJ version of that. Right. Uh, with yeah. the triple. So I'm I'm kind of hoping the goodness they put in the FZ for this year trickles down next year to the FJ, and then we can save up money for that. Indeed, indeed. But it's a good-looking little bike. It's um, Again, it looks very you know, drivable. I, I, it looks like I could just jump on it and just take it down, you know, down, down for a nice ride. Um, it's a good looking little bike. And the other one they had, which was kind of interesting, um, is every buddy seems to be coming out with is a scrambler. Yeah, it's the SCR 950 sport heritage scrambler and they're calling it brat style, you know, everything. They had a big, um, mm-hmm. um, video about all that and the shop and the way they, they build these bikes and all, but it's, it's, Again, you know, within that mode of these scramblers that it seems like a lot of makes are coming out with these days. So to hit that market. So interesting. So what do you, 
Yeah, so what do you think about the Scrambler, Deb? Is it appealing to you? I mean, what's your impression of that? I mean, honestly, since I'm a long-distance rider, not so much. But I see where it's drawing the young crowd in um, with with all this, you know, the cafe bikes and that kind of thing. It's drawing the young crowd in, and I think that's what everybody wants. I know that the BMW market wants that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't We don't want, you know, the the older crowd to die, you know, we're going to die out eventually. We want to bring younger people back in to keep it alive, to keep, you know, to keep all this stuff alive. So I think it does appeal to the younger crowd. And um, I would like to honestly take it for a test drive. Well, since, since Rico's kind of broke the seal on the scramblers, we actually had a question uh, from one of our, from one of our riders. Okay. So Micah uh, is from our riders, rider. Jeez, I can't talk tonight. (laughs) It happens Um, to a lot of guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Micah, who is one of the riders of Loud Pipes, there we go, um, was asking about the new versions of the R9T and what you okay. thought about those in terms of, um, you know, if you got to throw a leg over it or anything or the aesthetics. I, you know, I haven't had actually taken it on the road. Now, they did have the R9T uh, Scrambler at the uh, BMW booth at the Expo, and I did sit on the bike. It's, it is, it's a really pretty looking little, little bike. I mean, I really think I might like um, to take it for a tool around town, it might be a good, you know, just a short distance, uh, bike just to have fun with, honestly. Um, I think, I think it's pretty sharp looking. I love the, the brown leather seat, um, with the, um, kind of like that gray colored, uh, you know, platinum colored, um, tank. I think it's just kind of nice. I don't know. You know, the fashionista. I do. Yeah. And I know some, I, just, I know another fashionista who likes the brown leather. Yeah. You know, I'm oh, it's easy. There. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny as, as I sit here and I listen to Deb talk about the bikes and how she referred to a lot of these bikes as little, nice little bike. You know, as a guy, you're like, uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to pull up on a nice little bike. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that little guy. That's cute. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Are you going for ice cream or what? I know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a 1,200cc, so it's not a little bike. It's just that I, I guess I'm used to my bike with the bigger, you know, it's got more of, you know, more body work, more fairing on it. So I see this, and it just, it's a smaller framed bike. Yeah, smaller yet presence, a, yeah. Broad, yet a powerful engine, so. So no, um, yeah, it's okay, Rico. You, you can be manly on that as well. <laughs> okay, all right. Just, you know, just want to put that out there. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> oh boy well maybe since you you were talking about big cans earlier rico did you see the new gsxr 1000 speaking Ooh, of big cans mm, now you talking big boy no but uh, <laughs> look at the exhaust on that thing it's ludicrous it is it's crazy so what do you think about that Deb? the gsxr 1000 it's uh it's pretty yeah it's a lot of pretty, bike it's a lot of bike it is a lot of bike yeah so <laughs> that's what I have to say. Uh, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be, I, I, I love speed. And so maybe not so much for me. I might get in trouble. Right. I, I bet you Aaron from uh, Jekyll and Hyde would love to get on that thing. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Now, how did that look in person? I mean, just from the pictures, that exhaust can, it, it looks freakishly large. Did, did it look weird in person? <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it did. It just looked big and just big and powerful. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be the first thing to go. If I bought one of those, be like, zip off with that. I'm on an aftermarket pipe. 
Absolutely. And of course, I have to be louder too. There's that. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they've got the, yeah, the GSX. Uh, that's supposed to be out to see because they've actually, well, they've, they've got the GSX R1000 and the GSX S750Z. Mm-hmm. Which apparently I didn't know this, but apparently they were having issues in some states uh, for it being street legal. Did not know that, and so apparently nope. they've made it. They've re, you know, gone in and redesigned it, and so it's fifty state legal is what how they're marketing it. Fifty wow. state legal. It's available March two thousand seventeen. So yeah, my brother had that bike, and uh, it's a monster. It's really it's a beast, and to be able to hit crank the throttle in fourth gear and bring the front tire up on that thing, it's ridiculous. It's a Willie bike for the most part. You buy that bike because you can ride Willies for miles in so, any gear. In any gear, yeah, just bounce the front tire and ride it forever and stay in one gear for the most part. But, yeah, um, I'm curious to see what the uh, sport bike Willie riding guys are thinking about this bike. So we'll have to get a pulse on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it is, it is, it is, it's just a, I'm looking at the picture right now and it is just, woo. <laughs> it's a lot of bike, yeah. It's a lot of bike. Yeah. For a sport bike, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah, you got to have a lot of respect for that bike. That bike and the Busa are two, I feel, are the two most powerful sport bikes out there. I know Kawasaki with the H2 and everything, but uh, those two bikes, you got to have a lot of respect for um, speed and, and, and those two bikes as just powerhouses. They're powerhouses when you come to the sport bike world, a super sport bike world and um you just gotta have a lot of spot you can't jump from an r6 to this bike and think you gotta manhandle it right. like you do but right. um yeah you gotta have a lot of respect absolutely so so what was the feeling from the crowd deb so suzuki with their new leader bike and we know yamaha did theirs last year so you know it was more 600 um excitement from the yamaha camp so in terms of the crowd was there a bigger applause for either one of these two or about the same it's about the same. I think, you know, from what I experienced, it was about the same. Um, along with the the Suzuki line, of course, the V-Stroms, they've got a whole, um, a few of these things coming out. They've got the 650, 650XT models um, that'll be available March 2017. With um, the XT's got the Dakar racer styling. Uh, and then they're also coming like standard with like the standard power outlets now, you know, to where you yeah. can, you, all your electronics can get, you know, it's just, it's, it's just amazing. Some of the things they are coming up with, um, that we've had to fart, we call it farkling on our BMWs, you know, <laughs> lots of farkle, <laughs> a lot of farkle going on there. Um, yeah. So, and then they've got the V-Strom 1000, um, the 1000 XT that's got a 5.3 gallon fuel tank. Um, you know, just so, so they're, they're really kind of, it's just nice to see, um, all the different things they're coming up with and all the different, you know, models, um, Good stuff. Good stuff. So, yeah, the V-Strom. That's that's an interesting bike, and I know it's it's wildly popular in in various arenas. And I think you said there there's sort of an adventure version, or maybe something slightly geared more towards right. adventure riding. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's an interesting segment. I I don't want to say anything negative, but <laughs> you know we, we've talked about this before. I'm I, I kind of feel that some of those bikes are like SUVs. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the person who bought a Hummer H2 probably doesn't have any aspirations to go off road, exactly. but, but it looks good. So I don't know. I kind of see some of these adventure bikes as that. And I know talking with some other people like, um, you know, Kevin who joined us at Barber there and 
you know, he rides a Tenere and he said it was more for comfort, doesn't really plan to take it off road. And I don't know, it's just not really my thing. What do you, what do you think about the adventure craze or the popularity, if you will? Um, are you talking to me? Yeah. So are those comfortable? Have you, have you written many of those? <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? I'm you just waxing over here. Just um, carry on. <laughs> uh, you know, my first BMW was the, um, it was the uh, F650 GS. It was an 05. And that's right. That, that's right. Yes. And that bike was intended to be taken on and off road. Well, I learned how to ride a motorcycle on a dirt bike. So I did indeed take the bike off road some. Um, there is a craze within, and I'm sure with other brands, but I know for sure within the BMW world, there's a huge craze right now for the um the adventure bikes we have men and women who are starting you know kind of these off clubs that where they go out and they've got rallies that involve off-road riding and so i know that in our you know in our group of bmw riders that yes indeed they are buying these bikes and utilizing them for what they were intended but uh, some of them i know what you're saying some people i think just buy bikes just because it's the look or it's the craze and they don't really use yeah. it what it's intended so i do agree just well, like and the there's other- yeah and there's other bikes in the category and not just that because i'm fond of the fj09 but there are other bikes like that that are more suited for keeping it on the road but you're more upright i just i don't see the need to go to something like a Tenere or a big gs if you're just looking for comfort and you plan on staying on the road, that's, that's really my only thing, you know, is buying a, a bike that has dirt potential and no intention of taking it off road. Exactly. And, you know, and that's why I sold my, my, um, my little 650. Two reasons. I outgrew it. Um, <laughs> you know, speed. meaning I just speed. Yeah. I like speed. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't quite keeping up, um, on, on the, uh, interstate, but also because that uh, upright positioning. And at some point I really started to get the, uh, long distance, um, extreme long distance craze. And that bike was just not, I mean, people do do iron butts on, 650s and it does happen, but I didn't prefer to. I was much more comfortable mm. once I got on my 1100, um, you know, and had that really easy throttle on and you just go, you know, you just zip and yeah. there's no effort. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try one I, again. I've, I've ridden, uh, I think it was an 11, see 1100, 1150 GS many years ago. Um, and it was pretty quick from what I remember, but, uh, we had someone on Facebook reach out, uh, Brian Honeycutt. I believe is his name, if I'm getting that right. Apologize if I'm not. But he rides a, a big GS, and he's also a, a road racing instructor. So he was so, sort of saying, you know, I owe it to myself to at least ride it before I, you know, buy anything new since I'm looking for something that can tour and something that is, you know, is also sporty. So so I will ride it. You know, I'll take a new 1200 GS out for a ride someday and, you know, give it a proper test before I spend any money just to see. It's the thing to do. And then I got to get over the looks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. <laughs> well, he's he's got his opinion, but I say you stick with the R bikes. I think the R bikes are better um, long distance, uh, you know, on road. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're the better bike for that. Yeah. I want to try a new one for sure. I've, I've ridden a 96 RT, uh, but I want to ride a new one for sure. All right. Cool. What other sport bikes did we have to talk about? There was uh, the Honda announcement, which was just before you got there, Deb. Is there anything on Honda that was of interest to you or just uh, more sport bike goodness? Yeah, just more sport bike goodness. I Like I said, I they, they had a, a very large um, booth. You know, you could say booth. It's, it was just a very large area where they had their, their bikes set up and they had so many products. 
um, it was really almost overwhelming. And I walked through there a couple of times and uh, it was just, wow, you know, just so many things to look at for Honda. So yeah, they're, um, they had a lot to, and I, and again, I, I just so sorry I missed the launch, um, and that yeah. part of it. Yeah. But it was, it was great. So a lot of good stuff. It's a good looking bike though. I, the, this new CBR to me, this seems to be modeled after that super, super expensive MotoGP replica they made. Was it last year? Um, but that, that, this is a good look for Honda. I like this one. Color scheme nailed it. Yeah, I do too. I did. They like I said, they've got a beautiful bikes. They had so many. So, but yes, that was a good looking bike. So, I guess what would, did you have a favorite from the show, either from an announcement or perhaps a custom bike you saw, but something that sort of just just grabbed you and you can't stop thinking about it? Um, you know, honestly, I really liked. Um, you know, just as far as just like the look of it, not necessarily that I would want to own that, but I really liked that R6, the Yamaha. It was, I don't know what it was about that bike, but it was just a really mm-hmm. great looking bike all the way around. And, um, you know, again, would love to take a test ride on that someday, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was, that, that to me, I think is the one that stood out the most. That one, and also the bike that we had, um, in our, in our booth, the BMW booth, um, uh, that we raffled off, but that, that, that was bike was, was done through, um, like I said, our BMW raffle, and it was kind of an inside thing. We had to buy the uh, raffle tickets there, and then we, we went ahead and, and gave that away on Saturday. So Okay. Wh- which model was that one? The 1000XR. And what they had done is they'd taken it over to full throttle, and they had um, they had done all the really pretty um, you know body work on it, and it was like kind of like this gold like gold color. And I had when I was working the booth on um, Saturday, I was there just kind of with the public, just speaking to people. Right. They kept coming over and saying things like, "Is that solid gold on there? <laughs> no, not quite. You know, is that a wrap? No, not quite. You know." So, um, but that was a really that was pretty much the showstopper, I think, for people um, stopping by and taking pictures and photos and stuff. But again. And that bike wasn't for sale, so mm. um, but it was a pretty one. So I've got lots of pictures of that I can send to you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if you, you got a yeah. couple of snaps of that and yeah. and some of the uh, the launches, yeah, we'll put those in the show notes for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of these bikes too. It's kind of you know a lot of people get them, you know, whether it be Honda, Suzuki, you know, Yamaha, they go because it fits them better. So some of these bikes have a wider tank where you can squeeze them a little bit better around the curve when you're leaning them. Some have a narrow tank. Some are built better for taller guys. So depending on your shape and build, it's going to govern the type of bike that feels best for you, whether it be a Yamaha, whether it be Suzuki or Honda. So, you know, if you're not into it and you're, you're thinking about either one of these crotch rockets, uh, sport bikes, uh, I should say, um, you or to yourself to kind of sit on them, you know, see if you can get a test ride on them and see if it fits you because you're going to be on it for, you know, hours and miles. So, um, you know, find something that fits you the best. Yeah. Great advice. Now, Rico, which model would you say fits best for like a, a big belly? You know, if you were to lay your belly on the tank, which one is the best? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I would say if this is for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Of course. Yeah. For, you know, he's a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think uh, it, it, for me, I think it'll be either the the Yamaha or the Suzuki. Okay, because of how the tank uh, um, is not it's not as sh- sharp of a tank. I guess you could say it, the tanks are more curved to kind of allow you to just kind of you know lean just into it, yeah. lean into it a little bit better, and it feels a little bit more comfortable in that midsection. So. 
Cool. Thanks. I'll let him know. All right. Cool. <laughs> and, and, and going back to the BMW, I've got which I feel terrible, but I didn't have it memorized. But it's the 2016 BMW S1000XR Ooh. Pikes Peak Edition, and it was created by Ooh. Twisted Throttle. Not twi- I, I think I said uh, Full Throttle Saloon. No, it was Twisted Throttle. Um, but it was a beautiful bike, and uh, yeah, we raffled that off. And uh, some dentist out of uh, I don't even remember what state, he, Illinois, he won that bike. So yeah, he was very excited. Nice, really. Yeah, awesome. but it was a beautiful bike. So that's an interesting bike in itself. I mean, you know, when I talk about getting something that's more sporty but also a little more comfortable, that makes a heck of an argument for a new bike too, because that's basically the the super sport bike, but a little better or a little more friendly ergos. <laughs> You're not like absolutely, you know, slung over the tank all the time. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and that's that was one of a kind. I'll tell you. Putting that on the road, you know, if you if you could even dare to drive it on the road, um, it, it was just a beautiful bike. I mean, gorgeous. So definitely one of a kind. Ah, oh, can't wait. All right, let's see. Any other uh, bike or product debuts that you thought sort of stood out? Like you said, it would seem like a never-ending uh, parade of product once they got the big bikes out of the way. But let's talk a little, about, a little bit about product. Sure. Um, if you're familiar with the gear company Climb, K-L-I-M, some people pronounce it Klim. I realized there at the show that it was Climb. Um, they just... <laughs> John. They have, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I did the same thing, John. It's okay, because I called it Klim, and I got, yeah, I got corrected. Yeah. It's the gloves. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, I have a pair of gloves from them. <laughs> it's a great company. They they put out some really great apparel, but they just this year, they've um, their product launches helmets. So they've got four new helmets. They've got um, helmets, a helmet for off-road, you know, like for like dirt biking. They've got one for dual sport riding. They've got a really nice modular helmet, which um, I'm going to go ahead and product test that one. And then they've got a regular street helmet. And they their claim to fame right now is the the weight is over. They are the lightest helmets out on the market. I did try on the um, TK1200 modular helmet, and I have to say, amazing. Like. It it wow. was compl- I, I usually I ride with the Nolan. I've ridden with the the Shoey Showy. I'm not sure how people pronounce that either. Before <laughs> either way, <laughs> tomato tomato whatever. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna tell you what I put that helmet on my head, and I was like, whoa, like this is crazy amazing, like light. Not only that, but I in my helmet I have a the you could pull down the the sunscreen. Oh. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> oh, Rico. I was getting ready to call. I was getting ready to call nine. <laughs> time to cut him off, Rich. What's that? Time to cut him off. Time to cut him off. Yeah. Are you on number two yet or what? He's probably on four. Not yet. Not yet. So anyway, um, but the best part about these helmets I have inside my Nolan, I have like the little sunscreen that you put down, you know, when the sun's in your eye, you can put that down. Don't have to wear sunglasses. Mm -hmm. This has a um, transition shield. So it's just your regular clear shield. But when the sun comes out, it transitions. Ah, What? How about that? I've seen that aftermarket, but I didn't realize you could get it out of the box. Yeah. Showy has uh, a... A visor that's supposed to be tinted. I know, Rich, you can get on yours or for one for yours, but every time you go look for it, it's always out of stock and not available. So, huh. so that's yeah, kind of so cool. That's, I'm excited. 
So yeah, that will, um, I will be trying that out. Um, I've got a, a, a test model coming to me and I'm going to be trying that out and uh, talking about that as well. When I get that, get a hold of that, I'm excited, super excited. Cool. I wonder how, how much noise you'll get in that helmet too, with it being so light. So yeah, let us know how that is. I will do that. I will do that. They, they are saying that they, apparently they're, they're the quiet, the, you know, aerodynamics and the acoustics, apparently everything is just super, you know, uh, been modified on this. Well, these are their new helmet launches. So they're saying from the other products out there in the industry, they, these are supposed to be, you know, top. So we'll see. We'll see. Hmm. Did they have the, the little chin guard to kind of keep the, the air from going up under your chin into the helmet? Do you know? Yes. Do you remember? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes. Cause I, I went through the whole, uh, the whole demo with, I went to the booth after the, uh, the product launch, I went to the booth and, and, uh, checked it out with the salesman and went through the whole, you know, the whole nine yards with them. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it, it, like I said, it looks great. We'll go test it and see. Cool. Did it have a little quick relaunch, uh, release strap for your. Yes. Yes, it did. Uh, Cool. Which I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, I was like, that's cool. I mean, just all the way around, I was very impressed. So wow. again, on the road test, we'll see. And um, yeah, we'll see what, what we're doing. So, Yeah, that'll be an interesting um, uh, data point because I I just switched from, I had a Fulmer M1 modular, which I never thought was very heavy until I got my new RF-1200, the, the Shoei. Yes. Holy cow, this thing. <laughs> It feels like half the weight of my old helmet. It's ridiculous. And now, granted, I don't have the Senna hooked up or any GoPro mounts or anything like that. So there's there's some weight to be added back to it. But just on the surface, with what little bit I've used it so far, it's night and day different than my old one. So I'd be curious to see what the, the spec sheet says for this one uh, versus the, the RF-1200. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, and like I said, they've got, you know, four of them for the four different styles of riding, which I thought that was very smart on their part to, uh, you know, to go ahead and cover that whole, the whole market. If you're going to launch a helmet, you might as well cover it all. So do, do they, uh, have uh removable headliners in those as well? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, they do. I mean, they, like I said, they've, they've pretty much covered every aspect of a helmet. Um, I was very impressed, very impressed. So in other words, they're trying cool. to compete with Shoei. Uh, yeah, I believe. I mean, yeah. just compete with, like I said, I, and I've, I've, I've worn a Nolan. There's also the uh, shoe berth out there. Um, of course, the Arai, you know, and I, I really feel like they've taken all of the good things from helmets and, and added some some <laughs> really great features, um, you know, and kind of come up with their own. The, the lightweight aspect to me is just amazing. And, and hopefully that's not going to add to, um, you know, the noise, the, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with the gauntlet gloves I got. I got a set of gauntlet gloves that are waterproof and winter and they were um on clearance at ninety percent off. No, it was thirty percent off, I think it was. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it turned out to be like ninety. 90 wow. No, it was like ninety dollars <laughs> off. That's what I want to say. It was ninety dollars off retail. They were originally okay. like two hundred and forty dollars and I got them for like a hundred and thirty. Well, yeah, those those are like for making snowballs, though. They're so big and bulky. <laughs> I don't know. Cut my hands warm, nope. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Deb, did you listen to the last show by chance? 60. I, I haven't had a chance because I've been on the road. I'm sorry. <laughs> no love the, for us, Rich. I'll give you the preview. There's so much love. Short version. These two had to stop in 65 degree weather and put in jacket liners. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. And they both have windshields. Rico's got heated seat and grips, for God's sakes. It's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I need to put it in a liner. I wanted to be comfortable, and because I didn't know how far the temperature was going to drop, I wanted to be prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what John's excuse was, but I would just, you know, want to be prepared. But so let's ask the fashionista. Sixty-five degree weather. You need a liner or just a regular jacket? Well, it depends, honestly, on the riding gear. I used to ride with an. Arrow stitch and um, arrow stitch is a fine product. It's a very fine product. However, for the fashionista, it wasn't so fine. It's honestly they've made the arrow stitch for years and years, and they're made for men, and which is great. And but they've just now come up with a line that they said, well, it's made for women. It's cut more for women. But I just it's still it's it's to me it's not a pretty suit. Mm. Um, but the arrow stitch was Gore Tex. It was breathable, but yet in the winter time, you know, like sixty-five degree weather, I wouldn't have to pull over to put anything else on. This year, I rode with an Olympia suit that I purchased, um, and it was a vented suit. And I had the Venom sport gear, which I've been, you know, marketing out there. It's a, a wonderful uh, cooling compression gear that goes up underneath your suit. VenomSport.com. Uh, she's, she does a great job at her stuff. And, uh, so I had a lot of cooling going on over the summer. So when I would get into an area when, for instance, up in, um, Maine, I was up in Bar Harbor, Maine, it got a little chilly. And so I did have to pull over (laughs) to their credit and put a layer on. (laughs) So I think it depends on what you're riding with, honestly, what your gear is. Um, is it an all weather? Is it, you know, summer only? Is it winter only gloves? The same thing. It just depends on what you're riding with. So. I'm just saying, we were an hour from Charlotte. It's not just like, <laughs> well, it's not I like we were driving like, into the mountains. Well, I, I had a mess. mess jacket on. Yeah. You know, short sleeves. Bearing, windshield, heated grips, mm. heated seats, <laughs> oh. lowers. No heated seats. You know. No heated grips. A fusion reactor between your I, legs. I didn't, I didn't turn any of that on. <laughs> yes, you did. Ah, jeez. Wait, okay, you're right, John. Check the data longer. I did did turn the grips on. There, see? But only halfway. Only halfway. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are great. Different different strokes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, let's see. So, yeah, some of the the other products on the market that I saw, um, they had, of course, Olympia. I, I... have an Olympia suit. I've really enjoyed it this, this summer season. Um, I did go to the, um, they had like, again, some more, you know, launches that came across the stage. And I I went to the Olympia booth and spoke with, with the people there and they gladly gave me a, uh, an all a weather riding suit to test, to product test out for this, um, you know, for kind of like this, you know, coming into the fall and winter season, Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful suit. So I'm going to, I'm going to product test that. Um, I happened to like the CD boots, and I went over to their booth there and, and looked at their new products. And they've got a really nice new uh, boot for there's a men's and a women's for uh, the long distance sport touring. Um, and it's a shorter boot than what I have now. And um, so they're going to, you know, send me a pair of those to test out. That was nice. And um, and then I've got a gl- pair of gloves from Revit um, because, again, they're they're really good in the glove industry. It's really hard to find gloves for women. And I'm just going to, you know, speak for the women group for just a second. Um, They've made gloves for men for years, and they've got things out there called unisex gloves. And these companies are trying to come out there and say, oh, it'll fit you both. Well, it really doesn't. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm <laughs> guessing know? that doesn't work out. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> so <but> Revit, 
Revit has done a really good job at, you know, producing, you know, a glove that fits, truly fits a woman's hand. And they've got a lot of varieties, you know, within their, um, their product line. So I went over there and, and spoke to the, the folks over there and, and they were wonderful. And again, are going to send me a pair of gloves that would be for like an all weather waterproof type glove. Um, cause I'm the kind of person that I kind of like to get gear and just use it year round and not have to fool around with, you know, changing things up yes. a lot. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I've, so my jacket right now is just about perfect. I think until it gets, I think we've talked about it before until it gets to 50 or below. And that's partly why I was clowning these guys because you know, it's good in the warm weather. It has four vents in it. I just pull the zippers and I get lots of airflow. And then if it cools down, I just pull the zippers up and I'm good to go. But yeah, once it gets below 50, I need something else, but yeah, 55 to you know, a hundred. It's it's perfect. Uh, this this is a guy who likes to wear flip flops in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have done that once. Before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, you guys are great. Well, you guys are great. I, I've got two more patron topics that I have to cover, or I'm going to be in trouble. So let me make sure I do those. Um, also from Micah, who was asking about the R9T. He brings up the K1600 Bagger from BMW, which I know was released at the LA bike show. It was kind of, mm-hmm. was prior to AIM, right? Yes. So did you see that one at AIM? And what do you think? Um, the Bagger, I don't believe was there. We kind of had a little bit of a, um, uh, our, our booth, the BMW Motorcycle Owners of America booth was, of course, you know, kind of not quite joined up, but we were like right next door to the BMW Motorrad booth. And because they were out in California um, for that big launch, they wow. didn't, they had like a local dealership come and bring some bikes over that were there. And so I did not get to see the bagger in person. Um, but I did hear a lot about it um, prior to coming to the show. And we did discuss it somewhat in the booth. Um, I, you know, honestly, I, when it comes to those big bikes, I don't, I've sat on some of the big, um, like the 1600 GTLs, that kind of thing. And I, it's just not for me. I like a bike that it, it to me, I sat on, it, it was like, it was just too big. You too know, I thought, bike, this, yeah. yeah, this, this, how this is to me, personal opinion. I don't know how this could be any fun. You know, I like to go out and to ride and, 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 you know, sometimes get into the curves and take some corners. And to me, it just seems too big. And so, um, but I think the bagger is going to definitely appeal to certain people out there. They're going to really like that bike. Um, but it is a very big bike. Um, the lines on it are different. Mm. Um, you've, have you seen it? Well, only in pictures. That's okay. why we were wondering if you'd, yeah. you've seen it in person. No, the lines are just, are, are very, very different. Um, something that's just odd and unique for the BMW group. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see as it is time goes on to, to, to hear people talk about it, to hear, you know, what they have to say about that bike. Yeah. I think, I think Rico's going to like this bike, not just because it's a big bagger, but that that inline six is rated at 160 horsepower and 129 foot pounds of torque. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Get you some of that. <laughs> that's that sounds curiously f- similar to MST, yeah. Modus, some torque goodness, yeah. Some mm. k- kudos to them for for getting that much horsepower and bringing the torque boat along too. That's nice, right? I ain't scared of them big girls. No, nope. <laughs> I, I, I ride them. I know we've seen you. 
I was thinking, I was, and I was thinking about you actually when I saw the product launch, Rico, because I thought, well, gosh, he's got that big, beautiful. I, I'm thinking they're kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, about the same. Yeah, that might, yeah, it might kind of, yeah, pique your interest. So, yep, cool. Yeah, you've got similar torque, but I don't think you've got 160 on the HP. No meter, but, but, but that's all right. I've been taking my time lately. Yeah, and I can still chop it up in the corners, as you guys know. So yes, we ain't know. afraid to get over. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess kudos for BMW. This has been added to the list. We'll get out and we'll try to ride this thing and and report back properly. All right. So one other topic from AIM, and then as promised, we'll do a little barber U-turn, as if people haven't heard enough about barber yet. <laughs> but we'll do a little bit. <laughs> All right, electric <laughs> motorcycles. Now, this can be a hotly contested topic, and another rider of Loud Pipes, he's actually in the first five group, this is Zion. He's kind of curious as to your take on just the electric bike world in general. Like, you know, what did you see at AIM? You know, did anything new sort of, you know, any manufacturer stepping a big foot forward and kind of stepping up and saying, okay, electric bikes are here, or is this just kind of, you know, in Zion's words, is this a boutique bike for builders and things like that? So what did you think? Any electric bikes at AIM, first of all? There were electric bikes at AIM. To be honest with you, um, I didn't didn't really pay too much attention to that world. The world is not... Uh, I, I can't say that that electric bike world is is growing immensely. I didn't see a whole lot of things, you know, that, that in that direction. Um, as far as me personally, I, I can't quite wrap my head around that yet. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't, you know. It's not traditional to me, and I, I just can't wrap my head around it. So I can't say that there was like a big showing of electric bikes there at the uh, AIM Expo that I was exposed to anyhow um, within the media hub and all that. So, um, okay. Yeah. Well, it's that's kind of our take is that there's a lot of other, you know, podcasts and media outlets that, you know, they're sort of claiming the death of internal combustion engines and electric bikes are taking over. And, you know, I'm, I'm of a different opinion. I think Rico and John might follow suit and they'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they're coming that fast or that quickly. I think they're cool. I think the tech is interesting. Electric bike would make a heck of a commuter bike, but once you get into range, the conversation is over. Because you just you just don't have the range on the bike, and the darn recharge time is just too slow. So it's yeah, it's not there, and it's coming so slowly that for anyone to claim the death of like um, internal combustion engines, short sighted. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it's going to come down to the infrastructure too. The infrastructure isn't there, yep. you know, in the states yet. So that's a huge hurdle for uh, the electric bikes to kind of cross. And like you said, the range, I think. With you know seventy-five to eighty-mile range on some of these bikes, some of them are doing a hundred. But um, until you get up towards two hundred, no one's going to really consider these bikes seriously until they get those range up. And I think that's what a lot of people are waiting on to see, you know, how 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 much of a range you know bump they're going to get yeah. with some of these newer bikes that are coming out. So, yeah, I'm not afraid of the range though. I mean, some of the bikes from zero they're getting over two hundred if you stay off the highway. That's what really eats up your range is anything, you know, 70 miles an hour plus, um, you really eat into the range. So take our barber trip, for example, 400 miles one way. We did that in a day going down. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So if you could stop, you know, do like a supercharge to take maybe 45 minutes to an hour, maybe stop, eat lunch, 
wait for your bike to charge and hop back on and do your 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 other 200 yeah i could i would totally do that but we wouldn't have made it because we have been running on the highway we would have exhausted the battery in about 100 well, miles well this is where you know the gearbox yeah. is going to come into play where you can have that that motor wind down a little bit so you're not burning up as quick we'll see we've got to ride that too from victory the impulse tt yeah, I I, uh, I concur with you both. I just can't, I, I still just can't wrap my head around it. I don't want to be on a bike where I feel like, I, you know, you have to, it's almost like a stressful thing. You know, where's the power? Where do I have to go hook up? I've got to pl- pre-plan this out. I kind of like just to get on a bike and go. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a gas station somewhere, you know, near, and uh, you don't have to worry about all these things, you know, this, I just, I can't, I just, not for me, so. Yeah, I think Rico hit it spot on. When the, when the infrastructure's got to catch up first before we have a chance of any of this. Exactly. Go ahead, Rico. Sorry. No, I was thinking, what if they had like little solar charging places on the side of the road you can pull off, plug in for that? Because, you know, even even because uh, I rode down to Savannah uh, two days ago and, you know, my gas light's about to come on. I'm hitting about uh, around 44 miles, you know, till I run out of gas. And sure enough, the end of like, the uh, oil light come not the oil light, but the gas light come on. I'm like, okay, I'm uh, hoping at this next exit there's a gas station. Nope, there's no gas station. Crap. Okay, so your gas lights on. You don't know how what how much more range you got until you go out of you know run out of gas. So you're hoping, you know, in the next couple miles here, I'm going to see a gas station. You know, that in itself is freaky because yeah, it is. You know, you, you're wondering if the gas station one is going to be open, if and if there's one going to be there, and if they have good gas or not. So you you consider all these things when your gas lights on. So just imagine, you know, being on an electric bike and having all these same fears, wondering if oh you'll be able to charge it up in a safe place. And, well, <laughs> yeah, know. and the time, you know, even yeah, with a supercharger, it's going to take you an hour. I mean, yeah, granted, when you stop for lunch, it'd probably take you an hour anyway, but you know, who wants to stop three times on a 400 mile trip for an hour? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and doing, and doing an iron, you know, do what, what I do from time to time doing the uh, iron butt rides. I mean that right there, you would certainly have to plan out your trip. You know, <laughs> I mean, you would have to definitely find out where your charging stations are. You know, that would be, cause you're, you're on a, t- you're on a timed run and uh, yeah, just. John, by, by the way, John and I are raising our hands for the hour stop three times to Barbara. <laughs> We're like, yes, that'd be us. <laughs> what I was going to also say, the only way that I could think about this, and I know it'd be kind of a hard thing to do, you have an easy way to swap batteries. So you got, instead of charging it, there's like a swap station where you could just disconnect the battery and drop a new one in and away you go. Yeah. Ooh, that, that'd be huge, John. I, I don't see that ever happening. I'm just trying to think. I mean, like I said in our, in our personal chat, like, yeah. if you can get the battery charged as long as it takes to fill a gas tank, then I could see it taking off. But mm-hmm. then the next thing you got to think about is, you know, most motorcycle people, riders, enjoy to take the twisties and the mountain roads and the back roads. And that's probably going to be your last place to get, you know, electrical yeah. stops unless they put the infrastructure there first, knowing that's that's where they have to hit first. Yeah, we'll what see. You, we'll see. What if you just had like solar panels on your backpack or your jacket and you just yeah. charging your bike your all right your bike is like solar paneled up and that's how you charge your bike yeah if they're efficient enough i'll throw this one up rich you, how long do you live in pennsylvania how long yeah 
uh, I don't know, 17, 18 years or so. How often in wintertime did the sun come out? <laughs> that's, ah. all, that's all of New England. <laughs> it's kind of gray. <laughs> you know, that's kind of your downside, Rico, is up in the Northeast, there is not a lot of sun. In the, when it starts getting fall time, wintertime, the sun disappears. But to be fair, you're not riding in the winter either up there, regardless of the bike. So, Well, you're talking October right now, people would be riding. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, and I, and again, what my last my last thought on this is is why do we ride motorcycles? We hear the word freedom. Mm-hmm. Okay, to me, that's not freedom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, that know. might work for someone like John. He, he likes to plan and have things, you know, sort of mapped out. That might actually work well for John. That wouldn't work. That wouldn't fly for me at all. Because I just like wake up some Saturday and happen to get, you know, a unicorn free day, and just. I would just go, just point the bike west and just start riding. You know, I, w- I wouldn't even look the damn thing over. Just hop on it and start riding. That's, my, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, but John is, you know, he, he would like that. He would plan it out the stops and. It just kind of gave us an know. idea of how far to go, where we'd need to stop. I mean, you got to admit that I kind of tuned back on the way back. So to your credit, that's, I mean, I do that for the iron butt rides. Certainly you have to, you know, you have to have some sort of a plan, I believe, you know, to be successful. Some people just, you know, caddy wampus kind of hop on the bike and go and, and just hope to get that a uh, thousand miles done in 24 hours. But, um, when I did the two of them that I've done, the, the uh, saddle sore and the bun burner, um, you, you know, planning it out helps. So I, I got you on that one, John, because that, that way I knew where I was stopping, um, you know, how long I had for each stop so that I didn't get any, into any kind of uh, deadline situation to where I was stressed out, you know, oh, I'm not going to make the ride and, and that kind of thing. So I got you there. But just on a regular ride, I like to get on that bike and just go and not worry about things, you know, like plugging in a bike to somewhere and waiting an hour for it to charge. I just can't wrap my head around that. So a question I have for you, and this came out, and I saw releases from AIM and how they're changing location next year to Ohio and Las Vegas. What's your opinion about the changes of the locations? Well, that was my next uh, my next uh, subject before we, we got off of AIM. I wanted to announce, yes, that they're, they're in uh, Columbus, Ohio next year. Uh, the show is September 21st to the 24th. Same format, uh, two days industry, two days public. You know, there was a lot of mixed reviews about it moving. It's been in um, Orlando for four years now, and um, they have the reasons for moving it. It does help people in the industry to be able to easier, you know, to get there easier. Ohio happens to be a very pro riding state. Hmm. Um, you know, there's the the uh, was it the AMA uh, Motorcycle Museum, I believe, is up there, and a bunch of different things. In you know, Ohio. it's a, Right. It is a good thing for, for, for the, you know, the industry, there is no doubt. Um, but some people are like Columbus. I'm excited. Honestly, I've got, uh, I've got friends up there, very good friends that live up there and they're excited that I'll be up there next year. Um, as I will be, you know, coming again with the, uh, um, BMW MOA and representing again. And then Vegas, what's not to like about Vegas? I mean, come on guys, it's Vegas, right? <laughs> but it also helps to, with the industry people that are over on the West coast, it's also going to help them to get there easier. Um, and so I understand the principle in 2018 aim in Vegas will be all exclusively at the Mandalay Bay, um, hotel and casino, October 11th through the 14th. That's for, that's for 18, 2018. Yes. That's the one we got a pin Rico. Vegas. I love one. I love that hotel in Harley's right across the street. So yeah. Hello. 
<laughs> yeah. So they're, they're taking over the entire hotel, um, the, the entire property, their convention areas and stuff. Um, AIM Expo will be exclusively have that entire property, which is really kind of neat. So Nice. You know what I'm thinking, Rich? That could be a West Coast trip for us. That could be. Right. Tons of biker chicks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrong wrong guess, my man. Oh. Wrong guess. <laughs> oh. uh. but, but I think that the their idea of change they you know, they came in and they spoke to us in the media hub and um with the BMW MOA crowd we have a uh, we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of about thirty five thousand uh, members and we move our international rallies, which we have once a year in July, we move those every year. They move four different time zones. And so it gives people an opportunity that may not want to ride like a long distance to get from maybe the East Coast to the West Coast to the rally. Um, it moves so that they can attend a rally, you mm-hmm. know, when they can. And so, um, like, for instance, this year it was in Hamburg, New York, and uh, 2017 it's going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, you know, it gives people an opportunity. So I think if you move something around a little bit, it gives other people opportunities to attend and to be a part of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that Ohio is any better or worse for us. I mean, distance-wise. Yeah, it's not a bad ride. I mean, Nine hours. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's 586 miles or something from Charlotte to oh, maybe a little closer because you're not going all the way to Cleveland. So, And it's not that um, deep it, into it, the season. It, it shouldn't be that cold, right? Right. It'll be perfect riding weather up there, especially. And like Deb said, there's a huge uh, motorcycle presence in Ohio, too. So, Check off the um, museum. It, yeah, I mean, it, I think it'll be great. And there's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame up there. There's tons of things to see. Yeah, Columbus, they, they've given us, of course, the... Um, Travel, you know, people from Columbus were there, um, you know, give us kind of an overview of Columbus and, and how they've grown as a city. Um, it, it actually looks really, really neat. Um, they've got a convention center there and they are Columbus. The city of Columbus is in, in, in the um, process right now of expanding that convention center. AIM Expo will be the first event to take place in the brand new convention center. Um, and they've moved it up to September instead of October, like they normally do because of the weather, because they want to make sure that it's going to be, yeah. you know, the climate's going to be, you know, good for people that want to ride and all that kind of thing. So it's September 21st to the 24th rather than, you know, the second week in October. So smart move. I think, I think it's going to be good. I really do. I think so too. Awesome. John. And, and it's two weeks before Barber. Yes. You get, <laughs> get a little more spacing. <laughs> yes. That will be helpful. <laughs> Ah, oh, good stuff. Well, um, I know we said we weren't going to do it, but you guys want to talk about Barber one more time? All right, one more time, then that's it. All right, let's make really? it official. Really? <laughs> make the official. Ah, Barber 2016, the Vintage uh, Fest. Yeah. The place to be. Love it. Of course, we ran into the lovely fashionista, which was cool meeting in person. We've had her on the show twice, and this is now the third time, and just cool to hang out in person. So we just wanted to take a few minutes and get your take on on the Barber experience. This your first trip? No, not your first trip. It was my second trip to Barber. Um, I hadn't been for four years, and so it's changed. It's um, ah. um it, it's it's. I mean, they're getting better every year. They're, you know, t- I guess taking, you know, maybe something that didn't work as well and they're making it better. Um, the barber is fantastic. It is, 
system overload of vintage everything, <laughs> the bikes, the races, the, the the flea market. I mean, it's just, and of course the museum, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was amazing. And, and, and duly to meet the three of you in person was amazing. I just, I was, it was great to hang out and, uh, and, and chat and, uh, have a couple of beers together. It was, it was really great. I enjoyed myself immensely. Yeah, we, we've talked about it and, and Lee Khan said it, we had a, a chance to catch up with him from Modus and kind of, kind of to echo what he said is it's for motorcycle people. Like it's not a lifestyle event. You know, this is not like a, not that there's not partying, but this is not like just a party fest. Like this is truly passionate people about motorcycles and motorcycles of all types. And that's what I, I think we enjoy most of all is we really do appreciate the bikes. I mean, we can appreciate any motorcycle that, you know, cool or uncool. Like we can appreciate almost any machine that's made out there. A few exceptions, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just amazing to see all the different things in the museum. And, and then we found some of them in the swap meet. We just drank it all in for three days, you know, kind of over, overdid it, if you will. And I don't know, I want to go back. We've, we've got a lot that we want to do for 2017, but I want to go back. It's that good. It's that good. It, it definitely is that good. I want to go back as well and plan to. Um, yeah, it was just, it's just everything. You're right. Everything motorcycle, it's right there, right there for you. I love the, um, now I camped and I'm hoping that, you know, my pals there at Loud Pipes are going to do the same thing next year. Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> thinking camping's a good idea. Camping's Oh. Camping is well. Let me tell you, camping is great because you, if you get the right, you know, facility, they do have shower trailers now in the camping section, which was like an amazing. Four years ago, they did not have that. Okay. Um, so it's nice to be able to obviously get clean every day, um, especially for the fashionista. You know, and they, of course, they had a beautiful shower trailer that had outlets. I could curl my hair, you know, do all this stuff, <laughs> no problems. Uh, but yeah, it was just nice. Uh, when you camp, you're you're a part of the action. You are truly, you know, when 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 everything kind of shuts down, you don't have to go and get back in your car or on your bike and ride back, you know, however many miles to the hotel. You're there. You're there. You're part of the action. You can go down and visit friends down in the paddock area at night if you want to, which I did the last night. Um, you know, hanging out people, you know, just hanging out, talking motorcycles and, you know, having a couple of drinks. And it, it was, it was, it's just really nice. It, the, it never stops when you're, when you camp, you're, you're, you're a part of it. And so I would highly recommend. Cool. I was so do that. Was so, were there, were there a lot of motorcycle traffic still at night or is it quiet? It's, it's, it's mostly quiet. I, I, you know, actually I slept very well. Um, I do carry earplugs because at BMW, uh, <laughs> camping events, we have, a, a, people have a tendency to get up, excuse me, but for at the butt crack of dawn, you know, just, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I try to sleep until the, the uh, sun hits the tent and it's just way too hot, but yeah, so earplugs are good, but I didn't have to use them at Barber. Um, it was lovely. And then down at the camping area, the last night, um, you know, you missed out on a lot of fun activities we have a lot of we had a lot of young, young people hanging around I down knew there. it <laughs> oh yeah we had slow races slow races going on down there that oh, was up the grassy hill oh yeah and we it was wonderful we had girls and guys jumping on all kinds of bikes and just having a really good good clean fun on motorcycles um so yeah it, there's a lot of fun stuff that goes on at night you know within those camping areas um that's just again good good clean fun nothing overboard nothing crazy but just a lot of fun and motorcycles and what's not to love right. well, well the problem is is rich you're gonna have to find somebody to carry your tent and stuff for you yeah packing on my bike is very very limited <laughs> you're gonna have to buy a bagger eventually 
Yeah, maybe I'll have something with, with real bags by that time. I don't know. You stick with the fashionista. I think I can show you how to pack stuff. Uh, a lot of I, I I I carry the dry sacks on my uh, my back seat, and um, something called rock straps. R O K straps uh, out there. Um, I think it's rockstraps.com. They make an amazing solution where you just basically just you can just tie these straps onto your bike. Um, and then you just roll them over your dry sack, which is on your back seat, and clip them in, and and they stay put. Mm. And I can I can verify that. <laughs> yeah, I have I have two sets. Yeah, okay, John has a, has a couple, but the the other challenge that a lot of riders don't have to pack up is I have all the podcast gear to take too. Right. So half of I don't know if you remember pictures of my bike, but the large bag that's on the passenger seat, half of that was audio gear. <laughs> It was because we wanted to do, and we did, we wanted to do a show every day from the hotel. So we, I basically took everything from the studio minus the monitors and the servers and hauled it all to Barber. <laughs> it was <Wow>. kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing, one thing I figured out, you can pack dry bag or dry sack upon dry sack with the rock straps and you just strap it all down. And as long as you can see mm-hmm. out of your, your uh, mirrors, you're, you're good. good to go. <laughs> I need yeah. to look at those, yeah, because my, my large bag, it fits a lot of stuff in it, but it doesn't ride well. You've got to get it cinched, like ultra secure. If there's any wiggle in it at all, it just tips to the side, and it, it can actually upset the bike because it's so heavy. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to get you set up, for sure. Some new gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> new gear is good. Awesome. Well, th- well, thanks, Deb. Are You, you want to hang out in the downshift with us for a little bit? We'll close this down, and, and we'll move on? Absolutely. Okay. Before we sign off, any anything you want to plug your your website or your writing for BMW to MOA? Yes, they call it, it's anything a, like that. BMW um, I I write in just about every issue every month. I do product reviews and my column, Long Distance Style, which I write about a, a bevy of things um, in the motorcycling world. My blog site website, which will be updated very, very soon now that I'm on the off season. The fashionista has an ironbutt.com. And that's about it. I appreciate you guys having me on again. And um, thank you to all of you out there who are riding and having a great time and listening and just come back for more. Indeed. It was fun having you again. And we may have some more to talk about in the future. And if, if anyone's listening on the downshift, Uh, mainly the patrons. You may hear a little bit about that chat here in a few moments. All right. So speaking of the patrons, I would like to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. And we will also welcome Chuck, our first barbershop rider as of the last episode. And let's not forget Micah, who's our, our local patron in my backyard. And as we say, you owe it to yourself to check out the perks we have to offer, and that can be found at loudpipes.net slash donate. Uh, sign up over there and give it a try. If you would like an official Loud Pipes t-shirt, we still have those at loudpipes.net slash merch. That is a, a nice shirt at a re- reasonable price, if I can spit that out, and provide some support for the show as well. Additional information from this episode, including links and images from all of the fantastic things that happened at the AIM Expo, can be found on the website, loudpipes.net slash 61. And I think, Deb, you'll have some on your site as well, on the blog site? Yes, I will. Just give me about a week and I'll have them all up. <laughs> Very good. Also on our website, you have a, a link there to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow all of our shenanigans on social media. All right, Mr. Hogan, Johnny, 
Kick stands up. Let's do this, Brutus. Hey, let me put my jacket on. Yeah, get your liner in. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs>